millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Welcome everyone to yet another episode of the Bobo and Flex show. I am your host, Bobo, and I'm with the beautiful Flex, also known as Flex Mommy. Today is a special episode because we're going to be answering some of your questions. We're going to be talking about performative activism, romance, fame, anxiety, friendships, all of the things, and manifestation my favorite topic we got a lot of questions about performative activism um interracial relationships woke bays that type of thing so we'll address that and then we'll jump into all of your questions thank you for sending in your questions they were literally incredible um i can't believe we have such an intelligent thoughtful conscientious effervescent celestial just a family of human beings like where did you guys even come from i'm sure never leave please tell your friends who are also of the same Honestly, vein to come and join us yeah because we need to all just be one family and before i get into it don't forget to like comment and subscribe to the podcast we are on apple music on spotify and on soundcloud if you leave us a review on apple music or spotify it helps us make more content so give us that five-star rating, give us a review, tell your friends and their friends' friends. And now that I've gone on and rambled on and on, let's jump into our very first topic. So let's talk about performative activism. So we had a question, which is, so is performative activism, activism still better than no actual activism? What are your thoughts, Lil? It's an interesting one. Uh, I'm gonna, <laughs> if I'm, I'm gonna say a blanket yes, uh, because mm. <laughs> I think there was a time where I really looked at the world uh, and my lived experience as a black person through a very white lens, and I think that for a long time I really had to perform understanding before I took the time to go a step further and literally experience mm. or try and gather lived experiences to inform my own I think had I not had the opportunity to perform it because people gave me the benefit of the doubt that I knew it that I wouldn't have done it at all I would have been like oh I don't really know it's too much I don't know where to start and stop or anything I think that sometimes activism generally like with all things are, are Like with all things with the political foundation, it can be really stigmatized. And I often think that when you have somebody advocating from a performative lens as an entry point for a greater community that might not access it generally, it is kind of helpful. But it can't stop there. And I I think the question is, is it better than no activism? Yeah. I suppose. Well, I don't know, because it it comes down to impact, Mm. right? Does does performative activism, because I think impact is directly linked to intention. Mm -hmm. And so if your intention and I'm going to be 
cynical or controversial and say that I really think that a lot of social activism, a lot of our Twitter activists, a lot of our online activists, it's really just um, attachment to Mm self-righteousness and attachment to ego masked as activism. And so I think what ends up happening is that we end up having an echo chamber of everyone just yelling the same thing and everyone yelling at each other. So uh, the woke black people are only talking to the other woke black people um, because that's how you get the retweets and you get the likes and you get the views. If your activism is, is, is for the intention of gaining clout from people who already are just already are aware of the issues that you're talking about. I don't think that it actually has an impact. So I, but that's going to be a maybe for me. Ooh. I don't know if. I, yeah. Yeah. I, I can't that say to with a point, clarity. But I think for me, I am not in the business mm. of doing anything in extremes until I have a really great understanding. I think there have been far too many mm. instances where I would have loved to jump on board with something, understanding someone's lived experiences, sharing a story of somebody's like trauma and then being like you know I understand that this is a the greater good to share this narrative but personally I don't understand it you know so that could be like for instance if I was like oh you know um there's this really important story um about uh the death of a trans woman and how like something like that and I'm like I'm not a trans woman I don't have that lived experience and I'd be lying if I said that I could wrap my head around what that would be like in 2019 but I do think it's important to share that message because the more of us that are thinking of anything on a surface level that's quantity and I think we need quantity before you get to quality people don't know what they don't know they don't have any access to it like who knows who will be the entry point to someone's education on a certain topic you know what I mean it's like when the, yeah. the whites in the corporate space who do their due diligence hire a few people of color and then corporations around are like, oh, fuck, we don't have any in our team. we got to do that shit. And then from the outside in, yeah. how, that's, how that's consumed or how that's digested by a greater audience is like largely positive and encourages the conversation around it. So I don't think it, it, it fulfills mm. the brief of like top-to-toe effective activism, but as a, a vehicle towards it, absolutely yeah it's a good catalyst okay i can agree with you there i think it's a good catalyst is it sustainable in the long term i don't think i think we're gonna have to graduate at some point but also someone touched on woke yes so a friend of mine (laughs) shout out to more blessings she encourages me always to think greater Mm. about all topics um and we're talking about uh woke Base uh, and yeah. <laughs> and the idea that hold on, let me read this out properly because let me not mince her words. So, <laughs> work base, do they exist? Do we actually like them? Are they more energy than mm. they're worth? Um, and then we get on to work white base or work non black base, uh, and if we have yeah. any dream work base. Now, this is completely loaded. It, it, it's a it's lot. a lot. So should we start with the first question of do yes, they exist? Yes, Bobo, do woke well, what exist? is it to be woke? <laughs> what does it mean to be woke? Is that to be... Okay, my definition of woke, which is my definition of intelligence, Ooh. 
is someone who can think on their own terms. So someone who can think outside of the constructs of society and conceive original thoughts. If you can do that, you are woke. A lot of people that rebrand as woke in society on Twitter um, are really just puppets of, of retweets. And I feel like people who are attached to self-righteousness um, the the sort of the purveyors of cancel culture, mm. those are like our figures of wokeness in society. And to me, that's not woke. So do intelligent human beings exist? Yes, they do. <laughs> are they part of woke Twitter? No, they are not. Will you find them on woke Twitter? No, you won't. Oof. Will you find them on the internet? Um, you may or may not probably not on Instagram or Twitter. Um, but will you find them in real life, just living, doing what they do, um, and not performing activism? Probably. What are your thoughts? Whew. <laughs> you just gave my whole word and tried to, babes, let that marinate for a second. I do agree with your definition of work and that is how I would use it. I think in the more yeah. general sense, we're talking the the keyboard work, the I'm an ally, I'm an activist, I am, I identify as all things aware. Um, do I think they exist? Sure. My frustration with knowing that, though, is understanding that it's really hard to appreciate the nuance of a lived experience that you haven't, in fact, lived. So when I see, for example, cis men feigning that they understand what it is like to exist as a, wim- a woman and, and understand their issues and how the patriarchy has, has affected them. I can appreciate that you are learning that, but do you understand it? I don't know. I think to me it's about how you try and convince somebody that your work is really frustrating. I think I'm happy with a level of objectivity, but the work that hmm. men or people perform online, I don't think it really exists. Because you, like, you can't be, like, the ones that, like, advocate for everything and everything, like, understands, yeah. like, every right <laughs> that exists for every minority and is totally across it all and does not fail. It's like, mm, that's not really the lens I'm looking at it from because I, like, we would cancel mm. ourselves at one point, you know. There are so many lived experiences I don't Honestly. get. So I don't want somebody who's going to come and hold me, um, to the standard of wokeness that I'm not ready to be at yet. Like I need to, I need to sit in it. Like I remember I used to date a guy who was like, uh, who would send me articles of uh, racial injustice when like another like black teen was shot in America or like another, you know, um, black man was like unfairly reprimanded. I'd be like, okay, I don't need to see this and I don't need to validate (laughs) you for knowing that like injustice is real. And that's the kind of work that I'm a little bit scared of because who are you performing it for? And if it's not performative, why is this helpful for me to see this? Right. You know, so I know that you are, Are you what, of what benefit? So. I mean, yeah. They exist. Are you like dubious (laughs) of these guys who are feminists and, they're on Twitter talking about like women's rights and let's treat women like people, this and this and that. <laughs> Do you ever wonder if all of that is just to get some pussy? Absolutely. Um, <laughs> and Greg, like, of, and from what, how I feel of the men I know that are, uh, 
<laughs> that are aware of, of the plight of the woman, they express that yeah. with their female friends, not online to this. Like, it's like, it's so frustrating because I understand why it's important to have men advocate for women on a greater scale, because that's how we quickly address this whole idea of like inequality but also it's like who are you doing this for I don't want to validate you for seeing me as a person like I just I can appreciate that it's important but also like get off it I'm annoyed I also don't identify as a Mm -hmm. feminist so but that's another story these men who claim to be feminists um as long as you are attached to a belief system you your thinking is confined to the limits of that Mm. belief and can you really be intelligent if you can't think outside of a belief Oof. system? Are you then? Are you not then a slave? Are you not then held bondage to a belief system? And does do your beliefs not? Can they really have as much nuance as humanly possible if they're constrained and limited by thoughts and beliefs that were created by someone else? So not even from your mind, but someone else. And that's what, that's why I don't know if like wokeness is real oh, oh, and even if it is, I don't think I care for it. I don't even consider myself oh, to be no. woke and I don't think I care we to be woke. We team problematic. Yeah, we are team CEO problematic. Woke is a destination, you know what I mean? Absolutely. And it's an illusory destination because it's a moving mm. target. You're woke today, but you're cancelled tomorrow because the limits of wokeness have been moved and 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 changed by someone else in the Twitter sphere. And so it's it's just not I don't know. I'd rather just be a bitch who who just makes my own decisions and my own lack of judgments on what goes around goes on around me. I I'm just not, I don't care for it. Honestly. Absolutely. So I guess to clarify, if we're both looking at wokeness as in what is portrayed on the internet as being woke, which is not for me, I don't think it translates well yeah. into real life. I do think that Facts. these men who perpetuate that kind of stereotype in real life are exhausting. I think they are more energy <laughs> than they're worth. I would just much rather my common common um, that knows how to objectively think, likes to challenge his own ideals on the world and can easily see or try to understand a lived experience outside of his own. But not to say that he he empathizes, just to sympathize and learn. You know, you don't need to feel it. Just know it exists, acknowledge it, communicate it, keep it pushing. And and so what about these non-black woke yeah. boys um the white the, whites. the woke whites tell us about your <laughs> the woke whites okay your exclusive white boyfriend yeah it's interesting at first i yeah. chalked up the fact that i just like i was i've been raised in white australia so i would have gone yeah. to school with majority white <laughs> private school boys i went to a public school but majority of my right. friends were private school boys um and yeah. then that's just what i saw is attraction generally though i can now say that's internalized misogynoir and that's my internalized Mm. racism jumping out but also i love that you can acknowledge snaps to that um but also i just look to my fellow poc as kin like i've never looked at a black man and not seen my brother or my dad so yeah i'm still battling with that but now that we come to well wait have you ever dated a black man no wow yeah 
do you ever wonder like, hmm, I wonder what this would be Absolutely. like? Absolutely. But if I look at my pool of what's available to me, it's actually family and family friends. Like if you look at the pool <laughs> yeah. of black Australians in Sydney, like yeah. I'm, what am I like 1%, like 2%, 3%. Oh, like, wow. it's, like, yeah. it's not as though like, like I would be one of the, like, of all, like, let's say the music industry in Australia, right, of people who are thriving, creating, like, you know, making money, it's an actual career. I know every, every black person, mm-hmm. half of them are went to my church when I grew up. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> the whole yeah. of Australia is what I'm talking about. And yet I know the majority of them. So I'm still dipping from quite a small pool here. Um, but it okay. wasn't as though, it's not like, like, I, like I'm opposed to it. Like, when I was in America, I was like, okay, like, let's get it. Like, I was out in the clubs looking at my fellow black men being like, okay, I see it. I'm, I'm around it. I get it. But from the pool I'm dating from, yeah. it's just white. But I've never really acknowledged that yeah, to be a problem okay. uh, until recently where I'm like, babes, that's your internalized racism jumping out. So get to know <laughs> it. And we're, we're working on it. We're working on it. I think that'd be the height of my growth. No, I love that. Um, but yes, it is these non, uh, these white, uh, woke whites are rife. Um, I think this, mm. my thinking about woke whites aligns with um, a little Instagram story I made the other day where I reposted a video yeah. on Jubilee called Do All White People Think the Same? And it's obviously a hyperbolized title, but it sort of spoke right. about um you know, the interviewer would read out statements uh, to these groups of white people. Uh, and once a statement was read out, they'd need to say if they agreed or disagreed and then discuss. And generally the consensus is like, of course, not all white people think the same, but it was good to like, you know, get the discourse happening. So there was a segment in which, you know, these white people were on a spectrum talking about, do they think they should be able to say the N word? And it was overwhelmingly Mm. essentially, yes. Like my favorite rappers say it. And so like, I'm not thinking negative things when I say it, I only sing it along or whatever. So I posted on my story. It was a lot, whatever. The flood of white people who were like, I'm disgusted. Like, I hate white people. This is gross. And I was like, I'm not going to validate. So I made a post in response to that saying that I appreciate that you are, uh, you agree that this is like bad behavior, but I'm not going to validate you for acknowledging that you're not a racist or a supremacist. Like, it's just like, why would I do that mm. for you? And so that's my frustration with dating woke whites is that I need you to be really self-aware that you are always coming from a place of privilege and you will never understand. Um, and not to try and convince wow. me that you do. Cause that's, it's frustrating to have to be like, yeah, great. Good work. Good work for not referring to a trans person as an as, as niggas. Yeah, like literally good work. You know what I mean? Or good work for understanding. <laughs> Understanding that it is harder for um, like a black woman to exist in this like mostly white society. Great, you yeah. do acknowledge it. Like, great, these are all fine things. But when it gets this like hyper performative thing of like, oh, you know, like oh, a friend of mine was dating this guy, and so if I can paint a picture, it was me. I had a white boyfriend at the time, my half Asian friend with her white boyfriend, and my other Asian yeah. friend with her white boyfriend. She was an Asian, she is Asian Muslim. Mm. And we were, we were making this joke about how the two white guys that my friend and I were dating were saying that they know that whenever we're laughing at them, it's because we're making a joke about how they're white and so white. And we're like, yeah, probably, you know what I mean? Like, it's always something with you white people. <laughs> so 
Then this guy, who's like the early boyfriend of this Asian Muslim friend, was like, yeah. I, I think he had thought we said something about him. Or I don't know what he heard, but he just splurted out. Right. I'm not racist. I'm dating a Muslim woman. I'm and crying. We like, I'm crying. Huh? <laughs> of all the things you wanted to jump out with, he's like, I'm not racist. Well, like, also, just the Muslim defensiveness. Woman too. Like, not even, like, what do you mean? Like, is that how you've justified it in your wow. head? I think, you know what? I think all white people, this is a hypocrisy. <laughs> you don't need to say that. <laughs> Quick side note some man no, came my okay. DM talking about not all Let men. Me, I was like, I'll I get dragged. Start. No, say I'll get say dragged your feelings. and I'll get cancelled. safe space, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I just think all white people are carrying the burden of white guilt. Of course you To are. some extent. And it's like, fam, I can't blame you. I would like, be you too. don't it's need rough. to. It's so rough. <laughs> I feel you. Imagine, <sighs> like, how do you sleep at night knowing that your ancestors did what they did? Everyone. It's fine that you have white guilt. It's okay. Everybody, everybody's history is at the expense of your relatives and so I understand but I think you know it's a fine line between encouraging the discourse around it and making sure there's a clear understanding between your lived experience and theirs but also the validation like appreciation it can start and stop there but I'm never going to validate you for not being a racist or a supremacist and the quicker you get that the easier it is for me because wow. then it turned I remember this one guy it turned into this whole like are you going to this rally do you go to this rally you going to-? I'm like babes like oh my god and every second article was like oh my god did you hear like that this thing and like oh my god like i just read that africa is the most like uh fundamentally like stop (laughs) yeah no i think a lot of white guys really try to overcompensate and they try to be like oh my god how do i accommodate for her blackness (laughs) and it's just like just just treat me like Please. a human being like it doesn't need to be extra you don't need to perform activism to make me come and not everything needs to be so like african or black adjacent Political. like don't tell me like you'd love Literally. to see africa like it's like your favorite place or like you love <laughs> spicy food and like oh like i have always had a thing like shh like shut up <laughs> literally this white guy approached me and white guys do this all the time and I don't know yelling. if it's because I'm black or because I'm African mm. or both but this white guy approached me um is this yesterday or the day <laughs> oh, it's fresh. yesterday <laughs> <laughs> it's fresh <laughs> and so he recognized that I had an accent and was like oh where are you from and I was like oh I'm South African and he immediately starts to enumerate he lists all of his favorite black uh. artists He's like, oh, I just really love. I also think because I have big right. hair. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it was just so much mm. for him that it, he felt in order for me to further entertain him, he had to make sure that I was aware of his knowledge of black his culture. His proximity to blackness. Like he made sure to be yeah, like, yeah. oh my God, I really loved Erica Badu's oh! performance at Cape Town Jazz Festival. <laughs> I really love Jill Scott. She's my favorite. Solange is oh such a God. talent. I'm actually like, learning African so you're gonna at the list- moment. <laughs> 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 Are you going to list every single black artist with an I'm afro yelling. My, just I to swear, make me comfortable? The, the first month like, I was dating my ex-boyfriend, he was like, have you listened to Solange's album? And I was like, I haven't actually. 
and he was like, oh my goodness, it, it, it does a perfect job at, you know, communicating the struggle of African-American women. And like when she talks about it in weary, when she's talking about it. And I was like, okay. And every time I go to his house, what was he playing? The Solange album. Solange. How are you gonna, how are you gonna play trigger me by us and be fully white? Nope. Don't touch my hair and be again fully white. <laughs> like weary, fully white. I just like I get it. Please. But please. Do not trigger me. Like I'm already dealing with my own shit. Like I just can't take this on for you. <laughs> Honestly, it's just this reminds me I was I was seeing this white oh, guy last year, this like Italian, Italian American white guy, and he invited me over f- to his place for dinner. And the first thing I see when I walk in is this huge <laughs> mural of this black woman, and that's just when oh. I knew that's. And then he insisted that we watch every single one of Scissor's videos. Oh. He just had this obsession with Scissor. Okay. And I was just like, I can't, I can't do it, man. I can't do it. And I think this behavior stems from a place of like white guilt and to this feeling of we need to accommodate this black girl. Like I need to accommodate this black girl. And when I find that you act like that, I wonder if you even perceive me as a human being. And that's where the issue yeah. comes in. And like to disclaim for anybody listening, this is not to say that as a, a white person, you can't express extreme appreciation for blackness and all things black adjacent and proximate yes. to blackness. Totally down for it. It's when it starts to be, it's when you start to challenge or overcompensate for my blackness by saying that you too have an appreciation for. Like, let me tell someone I haven't, haven't watched like I don't fucking know, like Django Unchained. And, <laughs> and it's like, oh my God, you haven't watched it? It does a, a great job of depicting that. Babes, leave it. Like, I don't need you to explain <laughs> to me that I need to be more or less black. For you. Like, don't bring me this energy. Keep it. Secondary to what you said, I don't know if it's you, if it's them trying to be like, I need to accommodate her because she needs to understand that, like, she might not get my culture, but I get hers. Or if it's just like mm. this constant need for validation, like because at that point it's not even about us being black, it's just about you being like right. you. I'm not fetishizing you because I, I I always fuck black girls. Don't even worry about it. Or like, what do you mean? Like this one guy I was talking to, oh, and wow. I think um, he was asking me for like music recommendations, and I just gave him like the loose like electronic acousticy white shit I was listening to. Because I'm like, what am I going to give you? Some like Sarkodier or some Wizkid? It's not happening. So <laughs> I was like, and so he was like, he said, this is all you listen to. I'm like, no, there's like a range of other things, but like I just don't feel like your yeah. sonic taste stretched that far. He's like, oh, try me. So I send him one. What's going to be like? Oh, I love this stuff. This is my shh shh. <laughs> Stop it. It's not yours. It's not for you. <laughs> Leave me alone. No, I wanted to ask, do you have conversations about race with your white bays? Yes, absolutely. Your non your non black bays. I do have conversations with, but it's more so as a reminder of it's a reminder to see where they sit on it. I'm never coming from a point of education. Mm. Like, this is how you should feel on it. It's more a litmus yeah. test for me. Like, how Same. do you feel about this? Does any of this ring bizarre to you? You know, outside of the headline that you read, how far does your interest on this black adjacent topic stretch? And for what reason? What's your attachment to it? Are you an empath? Great. Are you just a critical thinker? Amazing. You know, I'm yeah. having those kind of conversations, but I 
every time it gets into a hole, like, oh no, like, and then I had a black friend and, and I saw the way, no, stop it. <laughs> I know where this is going. <laughs> and then you're going to tell me that you, you're going to go volunteer in Uganda for six months. Stop it. <laughs> oh, that's when I, I club I literally, I leave the room. Like my soul has left. But I, yeah, I've had, I've had one white king, um, who, we could have like conversation constructive conversations about race and i feel like the only reason that lasted was because he didn't project oh. any or he didn't feel the need to like conform to black culture in order to to feel like he could engage with yes. me like i think he he saw me as like a human being he understood that like i don't only listen to erica badu like i also listen to cold exactly to like they Smiths. lean into their whiteness as much as yeah. natural can but it can also, pre- also yes literally because i need you to just be white yeah don't start like, hating yourself for I'm, my benefit honest there we go that That's is it because <laughs> in that jubilee video that i was talking about earlier there was this one white irish guy you can just tell he hated being white at this point he was like everything was a disagree 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 he's like white people suck i'm not proud to be white and i was like oh okay hey you're not proud <laughs> like what's the problem like still lean into your whiteness it's not that's not what we're saying here just don't lean into it at the expense of my blackness like yeah come on now be white that's why you here, babe. Be white with your chest. <laughs> yes. Be white. Just don't with be a supremacist. Chest. It's okay. It's like <laughs> there's somewhere in between for you to exist. My God. But Honestly. on the topic of wokeness and intelligence. Yes. You have a work bay, but he's not Twitter work bay. He's like at the core with the chest, a learned, well versed, emotionally intelligent man. Yeah, a concept. Honestly, even even getting the words out in the sentence, I was like, "Let me know." I know it's like, (laughs) "Let me know when to stop." Is this an? (laughs) So somebody had asked. Yeah, somebody's asked us. When did you understand that he didn't fear intelligence or try to, um, I guess, project his own as a form of power manipulation? Yeah, I think. um, Well, we met in a very conversational way. I think off the bat, no, maybe not off the bat. Initially, I just thought he was really funny. Mm. And when you're really funny, I know that you're either very depressed or a genius or both. I think he's a little bit of both, but more so a genius. Note Um, to self, we're going to have a mental health episode. Oh, yes. No, that, yeah. Um, and so, but I think I wouldn't call him woke because I can like have a conversation with him. Well, A, because I don't believe mm. in wokeness, but I can have a conversation with him and he, like his thoughts are mm. his own. And I find that really very compelling. He's self-aware of like his blackness and his masculinity um, and his upbringing and in wit- in what ways like his masculinity is a prison oh. for him and in what ways it like hinders his emotional well-being and this and this and that so i think because he's so he's self-aware he doesn't view women as like tools or objects in relation to men he's able to conceptualize womanhood on its own absolute another terms. concept I know literally another concept. So when I come along and I'm just me, a free thinker, 
a truth teller. A truth teller, all the things, a celestial mm. being. I think he can he can see me, he can view me, he can perceive me and consume me objectively. Before him, I went on a date with this guy. And every time I said something, he would be like, wow, that's so deep. Oh my god! that's gosh. how I knew it wasn't going to work. <laughs> you don't understand how triggering that just was. I got a flashback. Oh my god! Like my heart just did something. So you can relate. Like, that is my biggest... You're always As thinking. soon as a guy says to me, that's deep, nah. I'm on the bus. Nah. I'm on the way back home. I've left the like, building. Is this a joke? I've left. Fuck. No way. <laughs> Mm-mm. At that point, you need to pay me. You need to pay me because I'm your professor. <laughs> You're not engaging nah. me. I'm engaging you. And what are you, you know what I mean? So it was also really refreshing in contrast to that, that I could engage him. And not only is he learning from me, but I'm learning from him. And he's like challenging my ideas and my belief systems um my spiritual belief systems my philosophical belief systems my belief systems about self identity blackness gender etc and it's just not like the same same common common arguments about like let's treat women equally let's not be problematic We're you know so what i mean we, we really are and so i think because of all those things um there just wasn't even room for him to try and <laughs> use his intelligence as a form of power manipulation how can you use your intelligence as a form of manipulation when my intelligence is on a par with yours and you recognize that and there it is and also like if you're confident in your own ability to think how could you be threatened you know by someone else's and so I think that's why we connect on that level. You know, I'll update you guys. Yeah. If he decides to be problematic. And then and that'll just remind us we'll that he is him. also human and <laughs> is aware that yeah. you might know some things and still drink some dumb bitch juice and do otherwise. This new guy better be on his white, white king shit so I can come through with an, another flex and be like, oh, there he is. Versatile. Literally. Well, how do you, how do you feel about him at the moment? Oh, he's great. So mm. self-aware. Do you know what? I think it's like one of the very first times I've engaged in a romantic relationship or sexual whatever with someone I feel is on my level and somebody that I respect yeah. more than I'm attracted to them. Like the respect precedes the attraction. How wow. crazy. Of course I thought he was attractive, but I was like, whoa, I think that's your key. brain is on some shit that I just need to be inside of. Like, Oh my God. I think that was an aha moment. Yeah. Oh, do I? Do we just like have that's a really Yeah, key. absolutely. Yeah, 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 yeah. Whoa, 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 Absolutely. I can sit here and say that I respect him way more than I'm attracted to him and I find him really attractive. But I could and do you wow. know what I think it also is? Mm. I think it's very important to me when somebody can set their boundaries and also be extremely self-aware. And I feel like people can't do those things. Like people don't have boundaries for the way they want to be treated or the way, or the way they want to engage with you, which I think is also quite annoying because you let me cross the line, I will. But also not waiting for me to let you know when your hypocrisy is jumping out call it out like I think he's very aware that he doesn't have a great breadth of emotionally intelligent male friends 
I love that. Cause like you say it, so you know it. So I don't have to call and be like, your friends are shit. You know what I mean? I'm doing this panel on, um, uh, this panel about, it's called all about women. And it's at this opera house about these talks about how to just disrupting this narrative about women and, and women things. Just like having a panel and a talk about all women centric things. So it's from politics to like lived experiences. And I'm on a panel about dating and sex as naturally. Yes. And so he was like, oh, can I come? And I was like, yeah. And he's like, is that weird if I just like, literally, and he's like, do I need to bring a female? I'm like, you can just come alone. He's like, I actually want to bring a, a male friend of mine who would just hate being there. And I was like, why is that? He's like, I'm trying to challenge him to like really open up his mind to an experience outside of his own. And I was like, okay, shush. shush no, it's husband. a husband. It's a husband, fam. Because I swear, like- if you waste my time. Don't give me access to this brain and then waste my time. Because I'm going to fight you. I will beat I will, him honestly, for you. I will beat him. I just Googled the other, maybe a month ago, how to hold a fist properly to punch. <laughs> <laughs> I'll use it. <laughs> why are we crazy? Like, why are we <laughs> It jumps out. But again, I'm exercising oh God, restraint. I'm and that is waiting like giving him space but also being a turbo bitch it's a hard medium no, i don't know I how to do that. it it's like taking all of my effort not to be like so like what are you doing when do you want to marry me no. <laughs> <laughs> fire signs no you have to update us on every episode like, yeah how are all the i'll dates squeeze going? them in so if he hears it it means he's watched the whole he's listened to the whole episode and by that point, you earned it. Oh, my God. It. So he, like, you know what I mean? for sure. This is how I feel whenever I tell someone what I do for a living and they connect the dots. They're kind of like, oh, like, oh, you work for MTV and you're a DJ. So if I Googled you, I'm like, fuck, you've already done it, haven't you? Like, just Google me. <laughs> just listen to the podcast. Like, do it. I dare you. I'd much rather that. Honestly. I'd much rather that. Don't come to me with new questions. Get a foundation for what you think I am and then come through with follow-ups. You know, I don't like really? that. Really? I and this this also sort of segues into a question that we got just segueing into a Q&A. But I I don't like for a guy to have consumed me on social media before talking to me in real life. I prefer and even if I meet a guy I'm not giving him my Instagram and not because then I, I, I want to curate your experience of me. Mm. I don't want you to come in with preconceived notions and ideas about who I am as a human being, as a brand, as this and this and that. I want I want to be the one to curate mm. that. But how do you feel like having, you know, such a public persona? Um, how do you manage your perception or the way people perceive you, especially in the context of romance? love the way that was worded okay i think to clarify Mm. i i do withhold what i like who i am and what i do for a little while just because i I like to mind people for information and if i don't think you're gonna take it very well or like be like dumbstruck by it i won't say anything but i don't give out my social media or any reference to what i do until i think you're ready and then also because i'm a turbo ass bitch i want (laughs) i want you to i want you to like 
I, it's like I almost want to rush the process of you getting to know me. Like I'd much, I'm all about context for behavior. And I think if you, someone who was trying to pursue me, spent a week just following my Instagram story, you'd have some great context for who I am and how I want to be seen and yeah. perceived. And then take that knowledge mixed with the in real life experience. And then, then you're super informed because I don't think that, you know, in one sitting, in one conversation, we're not going to get through every fucking nuance about everything in the whole wide world. But I think right. it's important for you to have those different facets of me to consume what I'm saying in a way that I want it to be consumed. Like with this one, he was like, can I listen to your podcast? Okay. And I was like, no, because you need more context of my thoughts on dating and relationships before you hear me chat shit with Bobo about dating and relationships. Like I need you to get both <laughs> right, avenues right. of it before I'm like men are trash. I'm internally racist. Like <laughs> you need the context, you know? So it's like one of those things where don't come to me on some flex shit, like, Hey flex, whatever. But inform yourself in the same way that if I could stalk you, I would inform myself and then be more ready to navigate the situation. I would never be like, I already stalked you. Mm. He, I know what you do. I know where you go. I know, like, I know how you live, but <laughs> I would keep that in mind for future conversations and then tell you that I had right. stalked you and then pull you up on any contradictions. <laughs> <laughs> I love that crazy bitch <laughs> energy. I am here for it. I support and it. Importantly, this is as crazy as it gets. Because I'm not on that jealousy yeah. shit. Like, if you don't want me, you don't want me. Like, it's very much, like, crazy if it's going to be mutual. And then if you're not about it, fuck off. Mm. Like, <laughs> I'm never going to do some, like, crazy and dumb bitch shit. It's one or the other. I alternate. No, I love it. I love it. And this, so this segues into our Q&A. Because we got a question. Yes. Um, what is the purpose of fame and how does the proximity to it affect your self-awareness? This is one of those questions that there are so many words happening and I don't necessarily think part mm. one and part two of that question intersect as much as the, as much as you think they would. So I'm not going to answer this one, but mm. I think you should. The purpose of fame, I think that people crave, people want an icon, people want people that they can worship in society. And so that's why we've created fame, so that we can put people on a pedestal and then just worship them. Um, do I think it's healthy? No, I don't think it is. I think it is really toxic actually to both the person who's famous and the person who's worshipping because I think like as human beings we are biologically designed to have like to be in communities of maybe 20 to 50 people max and so when you have a community of like thousands or hundreds of thousands or millions of people I just think that's really overwhelming for the human psyche and now there's like the added pressure of like expectation and this and this and that. But I think um, social media is doing away with fame. So I think that's fine. I guess at this point, we're all like who we're all famous. You know what I mean? And if we're all famous, then no one is famous. I feel pressure for my physical self to play catch up with my digital self. And it's impossible just in the sense that like I naturally, you know, we want to put our best foot forward when it comes to social media and well I guess my social media has evolved a lot it used to be a lot more of a highlight reel and now it's just like conversations every day mm. um but even then I'm not as articulate as I am 
when I'm on YouTube, I don't look as like airbrushed and, you know, blemish free as I do on my Instagram page. And so I think, yeah, I think there's a dissonance between like the pixels on the screen and the real life flesh. And I think sometimes I prioritize the pixels on the screen over my real life because the pixels are what bring me money. <laughs> and so I have this like really <laughs> unhealthy codependent relationship with it. And it makes me really anxious a lot of times. It I I really am aware of how unhappy social media can make me. So I'm finding ways to manage that. And, you know, we'll see where that gets me. What's your relationship with um, your digital self? There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Uh, I'm really trying to blur the lines to make sure they're one person. Yeah. I think that uh, maybe like two, maybe a year ago actually, when I was <clears throat> deep into the curation of it all and striving mm. to be the utmost influencer of all influencers, I think I was quite yeah. frustrated with uh, anytime I wanted to potentially talk about something that wasn't beauty or makeup or fashion oriented it'd just be crickets like dead silence like nobody would engage yeah. and I was like well this isn't sustainable because I don't really care about beauty and fashion to the point where it's the only thing I wanted to only thing I want to talk about and so right. really recently I've been trying to <clears throat> sort of take the wool over my uh, take the wool off of over my eyes and be brazen like we're talking about all of it nothing is too serious nothing is too uh, inappropriate it's never TMI because I don't want to be held to the standard of being one-dimensional and I think by nature social media appears to be one-dimensional and contrived because you are contrived it's editing you're constantly aware of how you're presenting so I think um, I'm trying to subvert that as often as possible and just be a little bit more open and while and like so for that reason like I dropped my influencer agency I don't work with them anymore I don't take a lot of paid work yeah I'm like fuck it it's too it, it didn't matter to me and I was um I was uh what's the word I was what's the word I'm looking for? Um, putting too much time into it. And it wasn't that important to me. And I was like, all I want to do is talk about human behavior and anthropology all day, every day. I don't want to talk about another fucking Literally. lipstick, another makeup launch. It's not important to me. And <laughs> it's, yeah, I just, I needed to get to a place where if I decided tomorrow that I wanted to be a vegan chef, knowing that I don't eat vegetables, then I needed my audience to come with me <laughs> on that journey. You know what I mean? I didn't want to be, Right. I was so like stuck in this like really tightly fit, like tightly molded sphere of what I could and couldn't do. And I was like, who made those rules? Mm. I made those rules. So let me break those rules one time. But I think now it's made me hyper aware that, um, people think they have a, uh, access to 
everything that I do. And I was like, oh, no, babe, just going to talk about vibrators. You don't get to know, like, who I'm dating or who that guy was on my story <laughs> or, like, where I'm going to be at or, like, do a house tour. Fuck off. Like, no, I already give you so much. Stop asking for things. You don't pay my bills. Like, if you, if you donated and said I will pay you $20 to see what your room looks like, fantastic but up until then you'll wait yeah. until I share I don't owe you anything and like I want to get so comfortable mm. with my online self that I don't hesitate with posting something random on a feed or I don't hesitate with um sharing somebody that I'm seeing or dating but I still hesitate because I feel like people become really really um used to that level of um of I don't know transparency I'm like oh babes please go away <laughs> like worry yeah. about yourself but there's definitely <laughs> a point where I'm kind of like oh if you feel uncomfortable about sharing something why is that just share it it's not everyday serious like it just is some pictures online and nobody's thinking about it that deep I don't want to have any like hang-ups about how I present online and I don't want to be two different people and I felt like I had to self-stifle so much when I had the super curated feed oh that can't go on the feed can't go on the story I would never say that I can't put that up it's not that deep like it can all go up within reason because I'm still trying to monetize this shit (laughs) honestly no, it, it honestly is not that deep. And yeah, I had a, when I did my rebranding, which was about sometime last year, summer, when I was like, fuck it, like I'm not, not just a fashion, a fashion bitch. bitch. Yeah. I want to have conversations. And there was so much fear around that because I felt like, well, I've already built this big audience around fashion. How do I, like, how do I like opt out of this person this brand that I built that no longer serves me and so it can be a prison in that way because like you build an audience and they get attached to the person that you are but you're a human being so you're gonna outgrow that person so what do you do like no one is gonna be 85 years old doing makeup tutorials on literally at some point like we out you know we just outgrow so yeah I'm even right now I'm in the process of outgrowing like it's just not that interesting to me anymore like I want to have conversations absolutely and I understand there's definitely a consequence with doing that because everything changed like my engagement dropped for ages like my dedication to it dropped for ages but we got here eventually and now we do this exactly and the people are here so thank you guys our next question um thoughts on friends with benefits and where to draw the line i'm gonna hear you on this one because i feel like yeah go 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 (laughs) i think (laughs) thoughts on friends with benefits i think different people have different capacities for friends with benefits um but you have to figure that out through process of trial and error i used to really because i love the branding around whole culture i think it's incredible conceptually I really love being a hoe um but it's just not my Mm. lifestyle because like it's just not who I am so it's like self-awareness is the most important thing when it comes to this question if I know that I'm going to be attached to someone it does not serve me to try and make a casual relationship if I know that I'm not going to be attached to someone and it can just be a quick thing then it's fine if it's casual. Um, so it depends on you and your relationship in relation to the other person. What are your thoughts? That's fantastic. That's way more open-minded than I thought you'd be. 
I thought it'd be a hard really? no thank you. Oh no, for me it's a no. Oh, okay. No, for me personally. Oh, well, that's what we're getting at. Your thoughts on friends with oh, benefits. I thought... Thoughts generally. I don't know. I say I had a casual relationship a few months ago. Um, I mean, a casual friends with benefits. But the thing is, it wasn't casual. It was, <laughs> it was casual because we weren't in a relationship. But it still consisted of poems and love letters and dates and dinners and um, like sharing deep, dark secrets. Oh. But I don't think I have the range for any type of relationship that is not of substance. Right. Okay. So even my most casual, that, that relationship that I just described, that's about as casual as I can get. <laughs> so that was a relationship <laughs> This had us up in the whole relationship talking about we're friends with better. <laughs> you tried it. <laughs> was that, that a, was relationship? a relationship? I'm crying. <laughs> I just, you really took us all around. Maybe I should ask him if he still thinks we're dating. <laughs> what if he's my girlfriend? <laughs> my wife. Imagine. No, no, no. He definitely doesn't. Good. But yeah, that, so for me, no, it's friends with benefits where it's only like you only hit me up just for sex. Like you're not writing me poems and buying me flowers. What? <laughs> no, no, no. I need, I need the romance. I need the flowers and the poems and compliments and buying me books and talking about outer space or else like, what are we, what are we doing? Why are you here? <laughs> that's hectic Wait, what is it for um you? yeah I mean my general thoughts don't mirror my personal thoughts personally I am fine with it I have one I've had plenty in my life really? I mean, yeah okay and it's like the epitome of casual I do think he's in love with me though that's a whole nother topic but um, <laughs> uh, but it is casual like, when, okay. like and this is like this is like I wouldn't even say we're friends we're acquaintances with benefits in the terms of like we don't chit chat like online we don't i don't know what you do really i don't know who your friends are really i'm not really across like the inner workings of your life and everything we just connect for sex we have a cute little chit chat and then we disconnect and many a time he has tried to extend the range of that like come to my friend's party come to this warehouse party come blah 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 oh this happened to my mom do you want to hear about it and I have to be like Mm-mm. it's a no why can you okay why are you one of those people that draws like hard lines like we are only fucking so we don't do ABC no but I think in this in like in in this scenario I would never consider mm. him to be anything even adjacent to a boyfriend or whatever. And I think that he doesn't agree with that. So my concern is, <laughs> is that you... How does that work? <laughs> oh, my God, I, I'm crying. I just, so to me, I feel like I'd be doing myself a disservice to try and give him my full energy, give him my conversations, uh, my affection, if he's going to misinterpret it, which he has on occasion. So this is, I'm, this is my philanthropy, helping you help you. <laughs> to not, honestly, Valentine's Day. Happy Valentine's Day, babe. I've got a gift for you. Did I, did I read that on Valentine's No, I didn't. 
February the 16th. Wow. I was like, hey. <laughs> because no. So you know this guy is literally slitting his wrist. <laughs> Shut wherever up. he is right now. He is dying. He is Again, not my problem. You're 30. You can figure it out. But again, wow. I don't read between the lines. And so back, like, he hasn't done any, he hasn't said anything explicit and that's not my business. I can, I'm self-aware enough and objective enough to see that your behavior contradicts what this arrangement is and not my problem. You can be a big boy and have the conversation at your big age at 30. If you haven't said anything, then enjoy <laughs> the pain and suffering. Um, but... <laughs> But it goes back to what I said earlier about, <laughs> I think... Wow, we need to keep men away from me. So you're just out here just breaking hearts every day. We, I literally had this conversation with someone the other day. He said, you could break my heart. I was like, oh, I just can't. I'm not going to say I wouldn't. So the more you know, the more you wow. know. But I think it's to the point where I'm just trying to be explicit and so much of like the nuance around relationship has no nuance. Everyone's being coy, not saying things, behaving sly, you know, and what you prefer that? No. I think it goes back to what I was saying is I view a lot of sex as an activity, albeit an intimate activity, mm. but I often don't think that I attribute sex to romance very often, unless I'm in a romantic relationship, I can compartmentalize it in that way. Um, and that probably is from a lot of my earlier sexual experiences growing up where I was like, Oh, surely this must mean if I sleep with this guy consecutively for three months, we must like be going to be in a relationship. It's not really sustainable right. to think that way. Um, but it's not everyday friends with benefits. It's a very particular arrangement. And I wouldn't suggest that for a lot of people or a lot of the, or a lot of the people that I would date. I think people can't compartmentalize in that way. So I either have sex for a little while and be like, you know, it's not going to work out because we can't sustain this dynamic. Um, or it works out, but for sexual exploration, I think you do your best work in a friend to benefit relationship. Cause when you care so much about the person you're sleeping with, there's so much you don't want to critique them on. You don't want to change. You don't want to belittle them, emasculate them, bruise their ego. And so you become, you begin to be quite stifled within the confines of that relationship dynamic and how that progresses. And I think so much of my sexual development happened in front of benefits relationships. Um, some with actual friends that I'm friends with today where I can be like, oh, you know, we can go watch a movie and like, I can talk to you about your current girlfriend. And then when you break up, we can have sex and it's not going to be weird. But again, a very particular relationship. But they were both wow, saying okay. I have platonic male friends as well, though. So I feel as though that's made it really easy. That's made it easier for me to make the distinction between what is like, like what is a real connection? What is romance? What is lust? What is intimacy? How does that work? Because I wouldn't wow. offer this up to anyone. It's just like some some people you can't attach yourself to in that way and not want to keep them forever. You know, I've had those, and now he has a girlfriend that he's going to marry. <laughs> so, <laughs> so you need to you got to figure it out, and I have figured it out. Yeah, I think yeah, that's what I'm missing. I'm missing just like platonic male friends but by the end of this year i'll have at least Good. one because um i just think it's necessary um and i'll just understand men a bit better so that's the goal absolutely should we do another relationship then, one there's so many yeah let's i literally was gonna say a friendship one let's do a friendship one we had so many questions about friendships 
essentially all of them were about growing apart and letting go of past friendships. So how do you deal with friendships that no longer serve you? What are your thoughts on this? I just have spoken about this at length that uh, you don't owe anybody anything, especially friendship out of obligation. That shit is rooted Mm. in disdain, sadness, insecurity, resentment. It's just bad juju. And, you know, maybe you're not spiritual, whatever you want to say, but you can't carry that within you and pass it on to someone out of the obligation to maintain this thing we call friendship. It's not that deep, cut people loose. Um, I think yeah. the, the conversation should be more around how to do it, which I think is really difficult because often we're not having conversations generally that are of substance. So when you are going to sit someone down to essentially rescind your invitation of friendship, it's a lot. <laughs> like, And it's a big yeah. one to have. No, it. I just went through that. Yeah. So, uh, you know, I'm of the belief that ghosting is a great way to handle things. I think. (laughs) (laughs) I'm, you know, I'm finished. I'm literally, I'm done. I can't. Why am I so volatile? <laughs> I just, please, ex- I need you to write me a 10 page dissertation explaining why and when ghosting is beneficial. Oh, well, look, <laughs> in the instance of friendship, <laughs> ghosting can be beneficial when you feel as though you're the one that's exercising all the emotional labor. You feel as though it's one-sided. The communication is mostly one-dimensional. You're giving way more than you're receiving and it's not beneficial. If you're only tied to this person's friendship is what you invest into the relationship, then if you just take it back, what's the problem? It's gone. <laughs> <laughs> well, you realize when you took back what you're investing, that pot is full of what you put in it. Take out your ingredients. There's nothing there but stainless steel. I'm shook. <laughs> so in that instance, save yourself, guard your heart, and go away. And I think that yeah. like spend less because I think the the uh what's it called? The the hang up around uh, cutting a friend loose is a lot more like what will they say to me if they figure out I'm trying to cut them loose? Don't worry about them. Worry about how you're going to re- like rehabilitate yourself in this process of losing someone. That's hard. Right. And like this self, like, yeah, it's, it's too much. Um, but if you, no, if you is. don't want to ghost, Bobo has some effective advice for you. <laughs> <laughs> no so I just recently went through a friendship breakup but you know what actually let me clarify I had mentally clocked out of this friendship months ago and because I avoid confrontation and don't communicate properly (laughs) and clearly (laughs) wow all of this came as a surprise to her so basically um I had this friend and we've had a toxic relationship for like a toxic friendship for like two years. And in those two years, I had been consistently telling her like, listen, I don't like that you're not considerate towards me. I don't like that you treat me like shit. This like consistently telling her this over a period of two years. And so eventually um, 
it blew up. It reached saturation point over just like one incident where I was like, listen, this is peak disrespect. Um, this is, yeah, this is just peak disrespect. And I no longer want to work with you. I'm willing to work on the friendship, but we can't work together. And I think at that point, that's where I was playing myself mm. because I should have just ended the relationship as a whole. Um, and then she sat me down like last month and was like, no, I just don't think that we should be friends. And it was quite dramatic, actually. She was quite dramatic about it. And she listed all the ways that she felt that I wasn't there for her in the past Oof. month. And then I listed all the ways that I felt like she was trash in the past Oof. two years. And I was very complicit in this because I feel like I wasn't clear enough about my expectations and my intentions of a friendship. Um, and so when I eventually told her that this is not working, I don't want to work with you, she was surprised because she was like, I don't understand. How could you just suddenly drop this on me? Mm. And I was like, oh, me telling you for two years that your behavior is inconsiderate, disrespectful, toxic. You actually didn't register that at yeah, all. Yeah, what did you think that was? Um, like, what did you think wow. that was? And she actually did. She was just like, oh, I just didn't think you were that serious. And this is what I mean when I say that I think I need to be better at being angry at people because I feel that because I don't yell at people, I don't raise my voice. I'm very like calm. Um, my words are piercing, but my tone stays the same. Mm. I think it's hard for people to take that seriously. And so I think she just didn't take that seriously. So I just need to be better at communicating my emotionality and um, my anger properly in the future. And also just better at setting boundaries and better at being like flex and just being like no bye i'm yeah. done and so yeah but i think for me this wasn't too much of a loss just because i'd been clocking out i'd mentally clocked out a while way before she like sat me down to be like hey it's over so my way of dealing with it is being very clear and i don't believe in giving more than two chances because if you can't improve after one chance then you can't improve at all. Mm. So you can give your friend one chance and if they don't improve, then just like cut it loose. Just be like, this has been a great run. Thank you for your time. But now we're done. And just leave yeah. it at that. I, I, it's also interesting to evaluate when people are writing in and saying that, like, I'm trying to let go of a bad friendship, a toxic friendship, what is actually happening here? Is that just a basic level mm. of miscommunication or are you over-resourcing and not receiving a lot in return? Are you feeling taken advantage of? Because I think if we were, if we had a better understanding of what is the fatal flaw of these friendships you're trying to dodge, it'd be easier to give better advice. I mean, I think, you know, in, in one right. way, sometimes, you know, <clears throat> reducing the level of, um, uh, reducing how much you resource the friendship is a great way to to manage expectations. Of course, when you're breaking your back twenty four seven to someone and they're not reciprocating, that feels kind of shit. But when you reduce it and you become like me and Bobo, I text Bobo like once a week, 
and she'll get back to me next week. I'll get back to her the week after. And then it's fine. Stop asking for too much of people or reevaluate what you actually need from them. Because often you're measuring them up to a, a standard of communication that you didn't set for the friendship. You didn't tell yeah. sis or mans or whoever that you expect a certain level of communication, reciprocity, specificity, whatever, and are concerned when they're not living up to your expectations. Open your mouth, speak, and so literally if you have done that, and they're not meeting you mouth. halfway. Then ghost <laughs> or have, <laughs> or have the hard conversation. But like I said before, with a friend of mine, we have friendship guidelines that have been super awesome. It's reciprocity, specificity, transparency, and one other one. Whatever it is, it helps us, you know, keep everything in check and aligned. And it's fantastic. But I think a lot of people mm. out there aren't just aren't making their expectations clear of people. I also came across this quote just then uh, as I was scrolling. And it says, uh, it's how this is how so many people find themselves in toxic friendships. They're attracted not to people who they can connect with over shared interest or mutual respect, but to people whose worst behaviors are unconscious mirrors of their own. Instead of realizing that each person is responsible for their own reconciliation, they try to project the problem onto one another, police each other for it, and control one another's behavior to create the change they really crave. But trying to change another person will not heal you, it will not make you better. And there it is. Ooh, that was a like, word. Which part of that does not fix everybody's problems? Oh my god! <laughs> that ended all of my life problem. Like my existential crisis Stop is over. Stop projecting. Start reflecting. Be introspective. Yeah. Mind your business. Worry about and yourself. Manage expectations. Literally, that's another thing. <laughs> is that we're just too invested in the lives of other people. If you put yourself first, just once, all of your problems will dissipate. <laughs> Look at me! <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! For so many months, I think of like <laughs> relationships I've been in that I'm just like, oh, I'm not into it. What was I doing? Putting their needs first. <laughs> Though, that invitation has been rescinded. <laughs> Yeah, no, I think last year for me was definitely dismissal season. <laughs> a lot of people who didn't need to oh, be in four my life. quarters of dismissal. Yeah, and honestly, wow. like, my <laughs> 2019 is so much more just freeing and productive. And you know what? You need to let go of trash to make room for better. Wow. Because if you hold on to shit that doesn't serve you, you are actually pushing away the shit that does serve you. You need to make room. You're using up your storage. Then you're going to pay three ninety nine instead of two ninety nine, And then it's like you're investing more, getting less. Come on now. It's not, it's not worth it. Um, we also had a question about toxic family Ooh, members. Oh, I was just going to say. You, there you go. Yeah. What was the question? No, how do you... Just how do you deal with toxic family members? And this is really interesting because I think there's this... There's an idea that you are attached to your family members. And I don't necessarily agree with that. I think you don't need to be attached to anyone. Not even blood can tie you to a human being. If someone is literally unhealthy for you, you don't need to engage. Like you really don't, you don't need to engage with anyone. A good friend of mine also told me this. If someone is on an emotional 
level of three and you are on an emotional level of 10, you don't have to engage them and engaging them actually won't help you in any way because people only understand at their level of consciousness. Wow. You can't, you can't communicate with someone who's on a emotional level of three and you're on an emotional level of 10. You simply speak two different languages. You vibrate on two different frequencies. The only thing left for you to do is to stay in your lane and let them stay in their lane and leave it at that. What are your thoughts? Uh, anyone can get this energy. Like you should talk to my family <laughs> and they will tell you that I give nothing. <laughs> like, honestly, my mom will get the same energy as my brothers, as my friends, as my family. Like it's all the same, same. I've always come through yeah. with this. You can't ask me for more than I'm willing to give you. I will call you out on everything. Your contradictions will be addressed. It is the same, same. I was saying that um, maybe, I don't know, uh, maybe like a year ago, I was having this conversation with someone who was just so attached to the idea of family and like unconditional love and everything. And I was just like, that just sounds so exhausting. And you haven't created any boundaries for yourself. Like I could easily be Mm. an estranged sibling or an estranged child because I just don't feel as though I need anybody to do anything for me. And I don't hold anyone to any expectations. I don't want to burden people with my problems when they can easily be resolved if I spend some time in solitary confinement. Now for toxic uh, family, I think distance is the best thing. Not everything can be resolved with discussion, unfortunately. I know you'd like to think it would be, but some people just don't see what you're seeing. And I find that a lot of my conflict with my family is cultural and generational. And I honestly don't have the capacity to uh, rehabilitate. I just don't. So I remove myself. (laughs) And that, and obviously the consequence of that is that my family doesn't see me as much as they'd like to. We like, we lit in the WhatsApp group, it pops off, but I just know that if I come to this family function, someone's partner did this, somebody's uncle did this, somebody owes somebody money. Let's get into business together. No, 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 no. I'm going home. (laughs) It's too much. Um, And this is what I mean about setting a standard. I'm not playing like I'm turbo obviously like less energy turbo, but in terms of my principles, I like to keep it consistent. Nobody here is getting special treatment. Like I don't have time for anyone. Like nobody's getting text responses back. I'm not picking up anybody's calls. I'm not dealing with anybody's bullshit. You get the same level, obviously with different levels of respect allocated too, but everyone's getting the same, the same experience. So yeah, you keep the keep same, your energy. same energy. Like figure out what your energy is and, and how much you are committed to rehabilitating the person you're trying to fix the relationship with and then move forth with it. But yeah. whatever you do, don't half us. So I think I, what I see a lot of is people, um, you know, doing the whole like, oh, I'm just going to like let them go and, and that'll make them realize that they, they want me or, oh, I'm just going to, um, mm-hmm. yeah, I'm going to invest all this time into them and they don't invest into me at that. Then no, like keep it consistent, you know, and communicate what you're doing. Like tell the person who's causing you harm. You're causing me harm. And as a response, exactly. I, can't, I can't hang. I can't come. You have to use your words. You have to communicate how you feel. No one is a mind reader. The way I like to do relationships is I like to assume that everyone's level of... I like to treat everyone like a (laughs) three-year-old. If a three-year-old 
throws a bowl of spaghetti at me, instead of taking it personally, I will either assume that that three-year-old had a bad day. Um, the three-year-old doesn't like spaghetti. The, like, there's just so many mm. reasons that don't have to do with me. What I'm not gonna, I feel like we give kids a lot more grace than we give yes. adults. And that is under the assumption that adults have more intelligence and more capacity for empathy and sympathy than kids. And that's just not the case at all. So if someone is causing you harm, just like give them grace by communicating and having a conversation before taking it personally and jumping to conclusions. I think a lot of times people accuse me of ghosting them when in reality, it's just like, no, I have so much paperwork this week that I'm literally, I literally cannot be at your beck and call. Like I just have to opt out of communication this week. And like, it's not personal, you know? Mm. If more people just communicated, less things would be taken personally. Isn't that what the slum flower said in her book, What a Time to Be Alone? The way people treat you is more of, of, the way people treat you is more of a reflection of the way they're feeling and not about you. Yes. Honestly. I can attest to that. When I'm nice, I'm nice. And when I'm feeling shit, I'm shit. Literally. It's It's honestly never deeper than that. (laughs) Honestly. I can't think of a single time when like I was treating someone badly or I was rude to someone because I thought they they were just trash. I, I like that just doesn't happen. It's like nobody's thinking <laughs> about know. you as much as you'd like them to think they are. Literally. We're all always thinking about ourselves, so don't take anything personally. We're so profound. Wow. When is our book coming <laughs> when out? When is our book coming out? <laughs> oh my god so maybe we'll do two more questions because wow we've been going on maybe the how do you stay an individual while dating do you have any insight for this i would love to hear um i don't know i think you just do it that's all i have (laughs) i can't think (laughs) honestly that well yeah i think you just i can't think of like a step-by-step um i don't know i guess okay you need to be rooted in self and you need to know who you are until you are rooted in self you'll attach yourself to anything that fills up the void in your life and that void can only be filled by you so unless you know who you are and you root your sense of self and self-worth then you'll stay an individual in all circumstances um have we ever been less helpful than this <laughs> you um yeah you do it uh and then and then you you do it i would suggest really thinking about who and why you're losing yourself in another person like look, for what reason are you losing yourself in another person is it because they're smarter than you mm. you regress into being a dumb bitch and then you want to you want to be smart like them or is it because they make is it oh oh okay is it because mm. when you are dating out of insecurity you're projecting a better version of yourself and then to upkeep that version Crying. of yourself which is the version they love, you begin to lose yourself and perpetuate ideals that they like, which is probably ideals that they have about themselves, Ooh. not you. So you perform a persona. Yes. And then get stuck performing. Mm. Oh. Ooh, bitch. bitch. That's what it is. That is. Um, 
Yeah. There we have it. Yeah. Stop, Stop performing. performing. I, I just... Just be yourself. I want to be more sympathetic to it, but just know nobody is that special. And <laughs> come on now. Like, people really aren't shit. I remind myself of this daily. Like, in, in my most quiet moments, I remind myself that at the core, nothingness. Uh, and... <laughs> and yeah, people aren't shit. And for you to place so much emphasis on another person and 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 trying to rise to their perceived level, that takes too much time and you need to read a book and work on yourself. But in like a really loving That's way, really, like yeah. worry about you. You are amazing. <laughs> uh, and how you, and developing yourself and the way you see yourself is of the, op, the utmost priority. And if the way you need to do that is to unpack what you are losing yourself in, start there. And it might not be a bad thing. You might mm. be dating in quote unquote up, you know, and dating aspirationally. And so you find yourself so enthralled in people who are objectively great. Be that person. Lean in, learn something, yeah. develop yourself. It's, uh, yeah. But I also think like a dating experience helps you with that because it's hard to believe that people aren't shit when you have, when you have such little time, um, when you've spent such little time intimately with a lot of people you kind of have like very few case mm. studies and you're like, well, but he was amazing and she was amazing and they were amazing. And then you do that 20 times over. You're like, fuck useless. Everyone, me included. <laughs> so, so rush to that stage <laughs> and then you can move forth with some objectivity. People are amazing, but so are you. Absolutely. And that's the thing. When I say people aren't shit, I mean it in like on, on a micro in, yeah, level, in like, like you are the most important person in the world. Like how you see the world, how you consume it, you are the priority. But on a macro yeah. level, we're talking eight, almost 8 billion people and other species on other planets. Like, you know, God forbid these lions start talking to each other because we're dead. So just also knowing that in that form, like everybody is useless. And when one thing, like think about how, people turn to like babies when they get a paper cut or a sawtooth or like we're just so fragile mm. and just so weak and ultimately useless but also really important <laughs> so you know get comfortable with that duality of self um but also stop putting your lovers on a pedestal unnecessarily humanize them put no one on a pedestal that's, that's hard i do, I do that it a lot, all the time so and i'm reminded every time somebody lets me down why did you do it's that, just, Lil? It's not necessary. Why? Yeah. Oh, I don't know. He just seems so <laughs> articulate. <laughs> like, relax. <laughs> oh, gosh. Wow. Okay, our last mm. question. How do you manifest your career? Uh, read my How book. do you manifest your dream life? <laughs> uh, honestly, it's going to take me so long, but my answer to this question is flexmommy.bigcartel.com. Um, <laughs> full-time flex add to cart pay with paypal or your card um but, but yes, how, did, read how, do you, how would you do it if you had to sort of uh take your strategy into, yeah, summarize, you summarize my, it. my manifestation um my manifestation is that you have to be before you can have Oof. so whatever it is that you want so you want to be a what is it? You want to be a businesswoman. I don't know. You want to be an entrepreneur. What do people want to be these days? Fashion designers? YouTubers. Okay, you want to be... 
YouTuber, no, don't don't do that, loves. <laughs> Beloved, take it from me. So you want to be um, a fashion designer. You need to breathe, walk, talk, think, act, fashion design. Um, and once you do all of those things, the rest comes secondary. Um, yeah, creation is a three-step process. It first starts with thoughts and then moves to words and then moves mm-hmm. to action. That is actually and my so, book summarized. So there you go. Yeah, no, literally. Just really like orient, just become the thing, the woman, the person um, that you want to be. And the things associated with that person will will come after. There it is. You know what I mean? Create the environment necessary for the things that you want. Um, cultivate the right mindset. Surround yourself with the right people. Um, aesthetically look the way that type of person looks talk the way that type of person talks um just really become very clear about who it is that you want to be in this world focus less on doing and more on being become really clear about who it is that you want to be in this world and then act from that space of being and everything flows from there and that's that on that yeah that's it yeah There are too many people here, and I get these DMs all the time. Here's an example. Mm. Hey, Lex, um, I just want to ask you, like, how you became a TV presenter. My friends say I've got, like, a really big personality, and I'd be really good at presenting. Um, But, like, I've tried everything, and I really just want to get into the industry. And I'll be like, okay, great. Show me your showreel. Show me your references of when you've presented. Oh, I've never actually filmed myself. Oh, okay, like, who have you talked to in the industry to get you started? Oh, no, I haven't talked to anyone. Okay, well, show me some references of work you want to do. Oh, I'm not really sure. Oop. So what have you tried? Wow, a drag. Oh, wait. That is a drag. And that is the problem. We've all been dragged. I'd say 80% of my DMs on career is that same energy. Oh, you know, like, I really want to be an influencer. Who are you influencing? Where is your audience? Like, what is your end goal? Where's your content? Where's your content? Where's your investment into your content? What is your unique, like, selling point? What are you doing? Oh, you know, I really want to be a professional musician. Great. Show me your, like, do you have any videos of you performing? Where are your songs? Where are your references? Like, show me your industry knowledge. Who do you want to be signed to? What kind, like, what markets are you trying to penetrate? You all sell yourselves out, I swear, every time. Every time I'm like, and there it is. And there it is. I think what it is, is that people are waiting for an illusory um, time when they'll be ready to pursue the things that they want to pursue. Or people are waiting for just like permission um, or a door that's going to open or just some sort of like key that's going to unlock the door. Like, the secret to becoming a presenter. There really is no secret to being anything. You just have to start with where you are right now and start with what you have. If you want to be a photographer, use your phone until you can upgrade to Uh a professional uh camera, until you can upgrade to a more expensive camera, to a better lens, et cetera, et cetera. If you want to be a model, start shooting with photographers. Use your phone. Ask your friend to take pictures of you in cool outfits. Build a portfolio with whatever you have right now. 
if you want to start a show, start shooting right now. You know what I mean? Um, and keep the same enthusiasm, excitement, and energy for the space you are right now as the aspirational space that you want to be because there is no destination. There's that place that you're aiming to be at doesn't exist. You're going to get there and you'll be pining for the next place. So just listen. Wherever you are right now is wherever you need to be. So use what you have right now, right here, to create whatever it is that you're looking to create and the rest will follow. And that's it. There it is. Don't say we don't do anything nice for you. <laughs> Manifestation 101. Auntie Flex and Auntie Bobo being nice. How did it feel? I know. Wow. This was these these were the auntie <laughs> chats. So I hope you know this episode was helpful. Let us know in the comment section below. Don't forget to comment, share, subscribe, give us some good reviews. Um, five star reviews on iTunes and Spotify. And let us know what else you'd like us to talk about. And we'll see you in the next episode. Bye, lads. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.